0: He pops it up the middle. Hadley Simon midfield. Hadley Simon 50. He's in the Calgary 45 before he's dragged down by a wannabe at the 44.
1: Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will
0: talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Thanks for checking out the podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a Google review and make sure to share it with your friends and family, those in the football community that you know. The game's future on all levels is very uncertain. My mission's to get our kids more exposure. We should be looking to highlight and promote Canadian talent in the game of football. That's why I'm working on a Top 50 Can West show that will be out this summer. Make sure you're watching for that. We want to promote the kids at the youth Sports level here in Western Canada because they work damn hard, basically in obscurity for the most part. This podcast is coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Respect the effort. Join today at ReginaSports.ca. Check them out at 1440. Avenue. All our guests come to you on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certainty five-star roofing contractor, backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF thanks to my other sponsors Mark Greshner Photography Face First Medical Aesthetics here in Regina above Gabo's on Dudney Avenue. Paul Waldo at Royal Pageant in Regina. Give him a call 306 502-5355 Doubles at Ag Sales in Weyburn 306-842-2406 the number to call if you're looking for grain hauling, grain marketing and crop insurance. Gear up with John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to the Ryder Punter for getting on board with this podcast Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety and our friend Murad El-Khatib and the gang over there at AGT Foods worldwide he is known he was the world entrepreneur of the year this guy's got a stack trophy case no that about it thanks to him for getting on board and we are coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio time to head out the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and speak with Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press we're talking Canadian football here well Jeff uh, let's start this uh, conversation uh as we tape this thing, by uh, rewinding to that game in Winnipeg, where does the Jets' comeback st- uh, stand in your memory in terms of the greatest things you've seen?
1: You know, it's funny you bring that up because we were on—I was on a post-game show last night after the game, and that exact question came up. And I and and I kind of like look at it. I, I was. A little bit on an island with my, you know, compared to my three colleagues who saw it as like a major defining moment um, in Jets history. Now, I didn't share that same sentiment strictly because if you're going to do damage in the playoffs, game three of the first round series, when you're up two games to none, I just don't think it's going to stick out. However,. Um, I softened my stance a little bit afterwards, and I thought, you know what, that was a massive win. I mean, of course it was a massive win. You know, that could have that game could have potentially turned the tables in favor of Edmonton. You now have a 2-1 series. you got to play the second game of a back-to-back the next night, maybe not feeling great, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's an even series. So massive win, certainly. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those that's certainly going to be talked about for some time here. I just don't know about... Um, it's longevity. The other thing too is the Jets kind of reverted back to their style. Now it's not really a a great style. But coming from behind and pulling out those victories has kind of been their trademark for a year. So maybe that steals a little bit away from it. But again, overall, um, super spectacular result for them. Obviously, a great effort. Um, and again, I think this is going to be talked about for sure for the next days and probably coming weeks if the Jets can do some damage here in the playoffs.
0: Normally, we'd be talking about Winnipeg Blue Bombers football there too. How are how are you missing football? How's it uh, holding up for you in this uh, long off season? <sighs>
1: That deep sigh right there, right? You know, to me, I just, you know, I'm like any fan of the Canadian football league. You know, if you, you can't cover this league and not want to see it kind of flourish. You, you know, obviously there there's a stake into it to a certain degree as far as, you know, my employment. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at the same time, it's just been one of those you know unfortunate situations with covid um, which has brought on a lot of unfortunate situations i mean i think it i think if you were to look at last year compared to this year this year's a bit more disappointing just because of of, you know, how far along we are with this, with this pandemic. Now, I'm not saying it's easing up. You just have to be in Winnipeg, um, you know, for a few minutes to understand it's not. Um, it's just one of those things where I think when you, when they canceled last season, you kind of looked at this year being like, okay, well, 2021 is going to be, you know, all gravy. So the fact that we're looking at an August 5th start and we don't know, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm just feeling what a lot of, a lot of people are feeling. And that's just kind of not really knowing what the future holds, but, staying somewhat optimistic that that football is going to get played this year so i guess i'm sitting with that
0: okay so i i talked to people behind the scenes here in in rider land and i i kind of got the indication all along it would be a labor day at best start even though it's come out it'll be august 5th do you think it'll be closer to that that's how i feel
1: yeah, I agree with you. And I, you know, I have a, I, I have a couple theories as to to why August fifth is is the date. I mean, obviously, they put out this the the full eighteen game schedule with the June start. Everyone knew that was, you know, a bit of a pipe dream that that wasn't going to happen. And then then the August fifth uh, date, obviously, is is what it was pushed back to. Now, I just see that date as trying to gain momentum, right? Because if you right. start, if if you announce or you know, if you announce in May or whenever it was. April, I forget now, um, that the season's going to start in September, it kind of turns everybody off, right? Mentioning it's a little bit going to be in summer that august 5th and then of course you know if they do get that date we're looking at a july start for training camp so you kind of you almost kind of look at okay june versus july whatever you right and so you know but i do agree with you i've heard the same thing i you know this this the fact of the matter is the season hinges on vaccines it hinges on you know where we are with numbers for covid so you know when you look at When you look at the August date and you look at the numbers and the vaccination and how we, you know, we essentially need to get to 70, 80 percent and we're hovering at a projected 60, you know, to me, I I just look at that and I go, well, okay, August 5th is nice. But if, if we're if we are, as we have been this entire time. Um behoven to the COVID-19 pandemic, I have a hard time thinking August 5th will be a season start, maybe a training camp start with a September long being the, the start date for sure.
0: So, you get the you get the same weather as us, okay? So, you know what a December Grey Cup might look like if it was on the prairies. I can't imagine it's yeah. much better by a lake in December. I don't know for the life of me why if we have a great Cup this year... Uh, we're doing it in Hamilton. Why not give caretaker Bob more time to have like the full? He's done so much for the league. Let him have a full Grey mm-hmm. Cup week. And why don't we just throw something together in BC and Montreal indoors? Because it is thrown together. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Like, I, I think I think they're hoping for a full Grey Cup in December. So, like, I don't know if they're necessarily ruling that out. Again, that that will only time will tell. That you also have to consider that you know Hamilton's been. You know, you can't be pumped. Like, people have been focusing on this great cup for a long time. So, like, there's been moves made, there's been advertisements sold, there's all these things that get done leading up to the Grey Cup, and you can't just push it back another year, right? I mean, they just, I mean, obviously Saskatchewan's going to want theirs the following year, and, and they have a lot of work done, so I guess they're, I, mean, I guess it kind of contradicts my point there a little bit in the sense that you can <laughs> hold on to some of these things, but I just think if you're Hamilton, you kind of have to take it now, or you take it in a couple years from now, and for, you know, for them, I think they'd like to see a little bit of the fruits of their Labour pay off and, and hope that, you know, if this is essentially the the full, well, first of all, the final year as we might know it in the yes. CFL, but also, you know, an opportunity that if we get back to normal, if you will, and I use that word lightly, that this is an opportunity to kind of showcase, okay, guys, we're back and you're the first great cup. So it's kind of, you're walking that happy Medium line of, yeah, you know, do you want to give a guy like Bob Young some more opportunity and the city of Hamilton some more opportunity to do a, a bigger shebang, if you will? Or, you know, in the other case, it's like, hey, we got the work going on. we You know, we want to make money because we all know the Great Cup makes money. If we can get as close to what the Great Cup is as possible, we can honour the fact that the Great Cup is back uh, and probably put some, some much-needed bucks in their jeans.
0: Jeff Hamilton, I think we share the same love of this, uh, this league to the same degree. I've always liked your work from afar. But let me ask you. I think we're 50-50 at best that we even play this year. And I'm the I'm an I'm an optimist. How do you feel? Like, I I feel I feel we're 50-50. You know, it's <laughs>
1: I tend, to, I tend to not disagree with 50-50 because of the fact of the matter is we don't know for sure. And, you know, to suggest 80-20 we will play, that sounds like pretty good odds, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you it, it really kind of depends on who you ask. As you mentioned, if you're talking to people behind the scenes, I, you know, I am as well, and it feels like it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? I mean, right. then you see you see Craig Dickinson come out and, t- you know, quote, tweet a, an article from 3Down disagreeing with, you know, Arash Madani's comments about, you know, the league not really feeling confident about playing this year. And maybe you maybe there's a cause for pause there, right? I mean, I know there's some people in the Bombers organization that are very confident. You know, there's people in Edmonton that have come out, and, and that's kind of the... The, the, the issue here, right? is like, who can you really believe? Is there a narrative that like, yeah, we're definitely playing so you can keep that momentum and then kind of cross that bridge when you get there? All I would say is whether it's 50-50 or a different percentage, we don't have a guarantee and we will not have a guarantee that the season will play ultimately until mm-hmm. that decision is made. So
0: That's fair, Jeff. You know. Okay, so let's go to the next topic. Because I like to look around the league at different guys that kind of have a a balanced approach to their reporting, whether it's TV, radio, or, or newspaper. And, and you seem to be one okay. of those guys. Where do you sit on this thing, like this XFL, CFL? How do you feel about the whole thing?
1: You know, I, I, I kind of, I've had mixed feelings. I mean, I had originally, I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, I'll be honest, I had no idea they had been talking. And to be clear, they had been talking for months. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that announcement. I mean, you don't make that announcement unless you have been talking uh for a while and planning to further talk and go deeper into those conversations. So to me, when I first when I first saw that press release come into my email, I was intrigued. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like the rock's name is on here. Like, you know, I and I sent out a email to Rock's representation giving him two months as my deadline. And I don't know if we're getting close to that or not, but I haven't received a callback. But um, at, the, at the same time, I thought it was intriguing because if there's anything the CFL struggle with, it's, you know, it's essentially being cool. Like, they haven't been able to, you know carve out that piece of the pro sports pie that, you know, we know the other leagues have. They've had troubles like other leagues in gaining a younger audience and bringing on new fans regardless of the age, so why not look at the XFL and their team, obviously the Rock, but um, you know, the, the Danny Garcia and Redbird Capital. Like, Danny Garcia has a great resume in branding and bringing relevance to products. So if she can help out the CFL with that, it's it feels like a bit like a, you know, a win-win, if you will. Now, my feelings have kind of not switched in the sense I think the XFL is a bad idea, but I do understand the frustration from fans because we don't have a ton of answers. All we have and, and and this is you know, the league's kind of well the league is to blame in this is that because they're straddling this line of of, of you know, obviously wanting to maintain the CFL the way it is at least for twenty twenty one also have conversations with the XFL, make that announcement because you don't want to all of a sudden make an announcement after the 2021 season. And then things are real, real, right? I mean, then you get the, the blowback. So they've kind of had this process of slowly ripping off the band-aid, if you will. And I just feel like they've stumbled in a couple areas with transparency, leaving a lot of fans, the faithful, the people that are, you know, they're going to need regardless if they, if they go, you know, down that XFL line or if, they, if, if it's the traditional CFL and they're kind of alienating them by saying certain things that are a little bit of, you know, information, but not a ton. Like we don't know a lot of things about the rules. We don't know a lot about what it's going to look like. We don't even know if it's going to be a partnership, a, you know, a, an alignment, whatever the, the, the buzzword is for that week. So because of that, you know, you have a lot of people that are wondering, well, what's going on here? And I've written about this in the past, is that there is a, there is a you know, a few number of people with great influence, you know, mm-hmm. MLSE, owners of the Toronto Orgonauts, friends with the, with the owners of, of the Montreal Alouettes. You have BC, who doesn't have an owner right now, who's looking to sell the team. There's a lot of stuff in the air. And, and so there is some influence there. And they're trying to look at it from a dollars and cents perspective, which makes sense business-wise. It just isn't going to make a lot of sense to the hardcore CFL fans. And so I'm really curious about what comes out here in the coming months, how these conversations evolve, and ultimately what decisions are made. But until then you kind of don't know what's on the horizon, and therefore I can't tell you if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: I've talked to a a pretty – you have sources, I have sources, everybody has sources, and and we don't like to reveal that because that's how we get our information. I've talked to a pretty high-ranking person in the CFL that said, you know what, they're not just kicking tires and talking about playing a crossover championship or talking about one or Mm -hmm. two games here. Like, if they're going, they're going all in. But the same source said, I don't know why they're going all in because one of the things the CFL always had on these spring leagues like XFL and the the uh, any of these other leagues, the AAF or whatever the hell it was called for the brief time it was mm-hmm. here, was that the players would always gravitate back to the CFL if it wasn't the NFL because they knew those spring league, uh, leagues fold. They don't last. So why would we work against ourselves and prop up one of those spring leagues? I don't know. It seems like we're chasing mm-hmm. short-term dollars. Uh, at the at the expense of alienating what's made us strong for all these years
1: well here's the thing and it goes back to kind of what i was saying about the decision makers right the 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 very few versus the large masses and they look at an international product as something to sell as something to market as Mm -hmm. something to bring in dollars so the inclusion of the united states you know, essentially reaches obviously that international goal. There's been talks. Obviously, Mexico wants a piece of this. There's been you know this global 2.0 plan, which is certainly it rem- it remains in place, but it's <clears throat> its philosophy has tra- changed drastically. At first, it didn't involve the the, the USA. In fact, it was I don't want to say anti USA because that I don't think that's fair. But it was kind of like an us against them to a certain degree in that we were using Canada's reputation, global reputation, as being a league where come to us, right? Come and join us. Let's do something special here that didn't involve the, the, the USA because they didn't want to compare themselves or challenge the, mm-hmm. the NFL, right? So now we're in there. Now, not only are we there, we're very much entrenched with the future looking like it's going to be a, 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 a U.S. expansion. So And I agree with you I have the same... Well, you know, the same sources, but I'm hearing the same things. And that this isn't just talks. This is figuring out, finalizing what will be a partnership and involve teams both sides of the border. It's just, again, like when they finally do come out and we do hear – and we do figure out what exactly those those changes are, all the question that's being asked. Once we get those answers, it's going to be an interesting uh, fallout, if you will.
0: I get it money's an issue, and they're looking for money, and I get all that. I, I do. But couldn't the NFL just crush a global thing if they wanted to? Like, they already have footprints in global football. Couldn't they just say, you know what? Yeah, okay, whatever. Do what you're going to do. We're going to destroy you. Like, I mean, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand that part of it either.
1: Well, and, and, and you know, it's an interesting It's an interesting point right i mean you're right like i think it's you know whether it's trying to figure out when they'll play like because i mean
0: yeah
1: it's interesting right because you mentioned you mentioned you know hamilton in december or any you know anywhere in canada in december well it's actually worse in february so if they're going to play a spring league and try to accommodate for the nfl where it's kind of the quote unquote off season that will be an interesting development and see well, how that Jeff, plays out north Jeff, of the border. Jeff,
0: why would Willie Jefferson or Shaq Evans want to come to Winnipeg and Saskatchewan respectively when they can stay down south and play? And and that's the other thing. How, there's so many questions mm-hmm. here. When do they play? How do they pay these players? Do they get U.S. dollars in the States, Canadian dollars in Canada? I mean, come on. Um, We, we, start, we started this interview talking about uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton Oilers. Well, those teams are only really flourishing because those owners have some of the deep pockets in the NHL they're taking in Canadian Uh dollars paying out in the states who in Canada is going to do that like there's so many things that I just I don't know if it'll ever work
1: I'm with you on that like you make a great point too it's not off track per se but like you know you you you, players from the states are going to want to play in the states like they you know they they love don't get me wrong I'm not saying that that's the case for every single one and as as you've certainly seen players up in Saskatchewan I've certainly seen players here in Manitoba and Winnipeg. I mean, there are some people who love their respective Canadian cities and love right. being in them for the football season, and it is a nice change. But home's home, right? I mean, so you know, there is going to be competition there, but there's a lot of questions. You can bring up a ton of interesting ones that are that are going to need to be worked out. Whether it's how you pay players, whether it's the Canadian ratio, it's how 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 much of the tradition can you can you take with the CFL? Do you, does the XFL people want? I think there is. I, I tend to believe there is a I don't know if I would call it an equal relationship because I just don't, I'm not in that room, so I don't know what that looks like. But I do think there's an appreciation, if you will, from the XFL about the CFL, right? And not just because The Rock was here for a training camp with Wally Bono and whatever. Um, I think they see the established league that the CFL is, understanding that it's not easy to, you know, as they've seen, just pop up a league and be successful. So I do think there's going to be a bit more piggybacking than maybe people think. I don't think it's going to be just swallowing up the CFL. But there's, like you mentioned, like, I mean, those are some some of those things I hadn't even thought about because the list is so long. Long on how to figure out, you know, from team logistics to to all of that stuff to to COVID now. I mean, to, you know, there's just it's enough to make your head spin, really.
0: Yeah, it is for sure. That's why they keep pushing it back. Well, maybe this thing won't happen till 2023, or maybe it won't happen in 2024. So I'm not getting I'm not getting overly excited. But Jeff, I know only have you for a couple more minutes. I want to ask you this question: What rule or rules are you willing to give up in a merger? As a Canadian football fan, what what would you be okay giving up? Because I'm not okay giving up the ratio, because I think it kills football in Canada. I really believe, and I've talked to other people. You know what? Yeah, not everybody's a pro, but you got to have a dream. You got to have an opportunity to have a place to go. And much like in my business, where we got to play 35 percent Canadian music, uh, so that we can have the Tragically Hip and the Shania Twains and the Celine Dion's and the Justin Biebers and those kind of people get exposed. We need to protect our canadian football players i'm not okay with uh, gas in the ratio
1: yeah you know what it's, it's a good question and i'm not trying to cop out here i can probably think of a couple like i just to me you're right right because it, it's kind of a not a lose-lose per se but if i say okay i'm I, i'm fine with going to four down You know what I mean? Like that, does that throw a wrench into you, sport? You know, yes and no. I mean, can you keep, uh, can you keep four downs, but can you, can you, um, can you, or sorry, can you change to four downs, but keep the waggle? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things, like if you're just adding an extra down, to me, that doesn't really make a difference as much as, say, the ratio. Right, Because now you're taking Canadians off the field, right, so I think you know it'll it'll be interesting, like I, I'm with you on the ratio, I think there's some movement there, you know, you talk about the states man, I mean you know this that when you know Americans come up to Canada and even the ones that have been here for years, they always wonder why that old lineman is making three times more than them, True. and they're always curious about the ratio and 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 there is a there is a healthy bitterness in every single Canadian Football league dressing room um about that so you know i think there's movement for it i think that does need to take a, a bit of a look i think the ratio creates a, a, a ridiculous market where no offense but guys like suk chung are getting paid way too much money um and it's kind of messing up the the salary cap and and so i think that you know i think there's a lot of rules that you'll want to stay i think you need to keep the ratio particularly if you want to make it a canadian game cuz we do need to create opportunities for people in canada otherwise you know a lot of people are going to leave i know that's a tough spot for a lot of people i'm with a lot of people as well when you know obviously the grey cup needs to stick around i don't see why they wouldn't make it the grey mm-hmm. cup um, you know and i would like to see an i would like to see at the very least a a traditional grey cup week maintain whether that is a canadian championship that happens before the championship or whatever it is i just i would not like to see a gray cup um i hate to say the south of the border if you will i just would like to really really see it in canada no, and that that to me is
0: important i appreciate your canadiana but i'll i'll throw this back at you for a second because because mm-hmm. you're not the first guy to say that and you're right the sixth offensive lineman shouldn't be paid more than your middle linebacker, but. The CFL creates that mess themselves by coaching bias, and that's why the ratio needs to stay. Because here's what happens: when when coaches and GMs look at their roster, they just decide automatically that it's going to be a center, two guards, maybe a tackle, could be a, a wide side wide receiver, a corner, and a safety. Like they already have. Very rarely does Andrew Harris emerge or John Cornish. They don't do that. They don't look at that. Uh, they don't look at the, the 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 boundary slots. That's gone now. That, that Brad Sinopoli, he'll be. A, he'll be the last of a dying breed. They don't look there. They don't look at the short side wide receiver. There are a lot of positions that they just rule out. It's a coaching bias, and they create their own mess. So no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful mm-hmm. to you because no, I've, had other, sure. co- no, I've really. had other coaches tell me that. I think that's complete garbage. I and I that's why I want the ratio saved. It's certainly
1: a fair point. You know, this isn't even a counter just to feed off what you're saying. Is that you know I, I agree with you. I think they're I think there. It, it's easy to dismiss. Um, a canadian trying to because it takes too much time right to develop him because you have a guy here that or at least you per, you have perceived that you have coaches here that believe that this guy out of u.s college is is much more prepared and therefore easier to mm-hmm. to develop and and, and so you, you see a lot of those quote-unquote skilled positions um you know being exploited by americans right usually from from Big colleges and right. reputations that the coaches know. So I agree with that. So I, I you know, I, I think you're right. I think I think it forces if you keep the ratio at as is, and that is identified, maybe you do see a bit of a, a change there, um, but it'd be a big one.
0: <laughs> so lastly, lastly, have we tried? Have we tried enough? To make this, like, have we tried enough for Canadian solutions? We watch two rounds of a six round draft on TSN when they've got six channels. And I don't know all the back, you know, I don't know the production costs and all that stuff, but that's your main thing now is the CFL. And I only get two rounds. Well, I get people saying this wow, who's going to be interested in six rounds? Well, Jeff, Jeff, I've said this before, and I'll use the analogy one more time with you. Jeff and Michael, we can have a great steakhouse, but if we don't advertise, then people are just going to go to the keg. Like, why? Like, you got to promote the league. You got to make people interested in the story, your storylines, guy. You got to make people interested in the Demskis and the Harrises and the guys from Winnipeg and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the guys from Saskatchewan. You got to promote, promote, promote. But we don't do a good enough job. And now we're like, wow, well, let's try a Hail Mary. Let's hook up with a league that's failed twice i agree with you totally I and mean, you know
1: and um so it's, it's it's hard to say like okay have they done enough right like can you really give a yes or no answer i mean you can for sure but you look at it and it is a challenge right but then you look at how you look at the culture of the cfl right like the cfl um advertises itself as like the most inclusive league. Like, you know, they're the most accessible to their players. You know, you can you can throw the ball with the assistant coach in Winnipeg games and the quarterbacks if you're a kid in the stands back and forth. They got this whole thing going on. But the fact is that culture or that identity if you will does not extend all the way through what they do they're still very you know behind the curtain stuff uh, whether it's the you know what's that list the protected list they have right Right. i mean those things are ridiculous like the fact that they send 10 guys out on a projected on a protected list out of like 30 or whatever it is like that's just embarrassing like i get I get that you don't want to tell people that your your minimum is is 56 or 64 now um for players but you don't like you don't take advantage of a salary cap that literally your league could run online, and you'd have people clicking on it nonstop. Like that's a revenue stream right there. Right. Um. You you, you look at other things like you know the way teams act. Like man, when it was Chris Jones in in uh, in Saskatchewan, and and you know I like Mike O'Shea, but and he's gotten better. But it was like they wouldn't even tell the truth about their death charts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was it was all this like paranoia, so worried about winning. And not, not enough concern about growing the game. It's great that you want to ha- hide everything from everybody or you don't want to play your hand. And I'm not saying, here's, you know, give everyone your game plan, but it's gotten to the point where it's almost been ridiculous how much they hide. So it, it's that kind of, you know, philosophy that I think is hurting the league. And then you add all the things that you kind of mentioned with, you know whether it's marketing, whether it's how they're marketing. Um, you know it's obviously falling short. Whether that's because this product is tough to sell, or they're having a hard time selling it. While well, you know you and I aren't in those rooms, you and I aren't right. tasked with doing it. We just probably think we could do it better, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. I can barely do this, so I shouldn't be overly critical. Hey, thanks for this, my friend. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and uh, can't wait to see you around the CFL field.
1: Hey Michael, thanks so much, man. Me too. Thanks for having me on and uh, best of luck. Hopefully, we got season coming up here. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.